Welcome to That's What She Pled with attorneys Christina Goldberg and Julie Lurson from Lurson Goldberg LLC, law powered by women. It's time to shake up the old standards of law and of business. Join these two witty, intelligent, and sassy female business owners who are taking their industry by storm, challenging stereotypes, and shattering ceilings. These two are on a mission to educate, empower, and support not only their own clients, but other powerhouse female entrepreneurs. Come for a laugh and stay for the vibe as Julie and Christina hold nothing back and share the truth of what it is to be female attorneys and business owners through discussion of current events, original stories, and inspiring guests. Now, on to the show. Attorneys who know the law. Attorneys who represent you. Attorneys who are, yeah, women. Julie Lurson and Christina Goldberg are the energy behind Law Powered by Women. And they're about to share their stories in this inaugural episode of their podcast, That's What She Pled. I'm Patrice Sikora. Julie, Christina, I got to tell you, the, the, the chemistry between you is invigorating, to say the least. How did the two of you get together? Serendipity? Absolutely. I think but so. But serendipity can be so many things. I mean, how did you meet? Where did you meet? What happened? Well, Christy, I'm going to let you go. Yeah, you got it. Listen, so we actually met when I was a, I wasn't even a baby attorney yet. I was still in law school and I started an internship with Julie's former law firm and former law partner. And it's just, it's come full circle. So we worked together for probably a couple of years at that firm, went our separate ways and ended up working together again about mm, Julie, what? Eight years ago? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Well, Julie, so I was not a baby lawyer at that point, and she, and she was more like the grasshopper, right? Yes, the karate kid, <laughs> young yeah. Padawan. Uh huh. And now I'm the grasshopper. <laughs> How so? I'm just kidding. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I took a, a bunch of twists and turns, I would say, in my legal career, and so I'm. I wouldn't say I'm the grasshopper, but we are decidedly much more on equal footing. I mean, we are, we're colleagues, we're contemporaries, we're, you know, partners. So. Well, then let's go back to the beginning. And Julie, I'm going to start with you on this one. Why'd you become a lawyer? Well, I, I like helping pe people as would be the short answer. I think maybe the more interesting question really is how did you become a lawyer? I'm, I tend to be somebody who's very careful about taking risks. So for instance, the metaphor I always use is when I go to the swimming pool, you're not going to see me going, jumping off the high dive right out, right out of the bat. I'm going to, you know, walk in the shallow end, make my way to the deep end and think seriously about whether or not I want to go off the high dive. And so after college, I thought about being a lawyer and I wasn't sure. So I worked at a law firm. I was a paralegal and, you know, it turned out that that was kind of fun. And, you know, I thought I could, I was up to the task. And so I went to law school and became a lawyer. How and many, how many years did you wait before you went to law school? Two. Oh, that's not too two. bad. Gives you time yeah. to think. Yeah. Yeah. I, now you learn how to pay your own bills. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> you did a stint in the military. The, I did. I was an army lawyer for gosh, almost eight years. 
And I guess to sort of follow that same metaphor, I originally did some work that I thought I really wanted to do. And as it turns out, it wasn't quite my cup of tea. And I was then at sort of a crossroads, what do I actually want to do? And this was shortly after I'd you know, become a lawyer. And so I jumped into the JAG Corps with no prior military experience. It, it wasn't part of my family history or anything like that, but I, I, it, it was attractive because it gave you the opportunity to try um, work in all sorts of different areas of the law and kind of figure out what, what struck your, your fancy. fancy. Yeah. And so, you know, it was fun for a long time. And then, you know, I made the jump back out and the rest is are. history. Right. Christina, how about you? How did you come to the law? <laughs> Julie actually probably thinks it's funny the way I, I found my way into the law and I, I'm, I'm fairly certain did some research on it and may have come prepared or thought about coming prepared with, with some jokes on the matter. I tried to joke about JAG, but it's kind of, there's not a lot to joke about. It's just it? freaking cool. It's just awesome. Um, show too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Entirely time, unrealistic. I don't remember it. <laughs> All right. I never mind. Know. We're not going to get into the age thing. Go ahead. That's fine. That's fine. So I actually in sixth grade became slightly obsessed with the OJ Simpson trial. So it was, it was, you know, it was being televised and it was just the biggest thing the world had, had, had seen, at least my world had seen. And it was, it was playing in every TV on the school campus that could possibly have it, have it playing on. And between classes, I would sneak in where, you know, where it was closest to me so I could see what was going on. And I just became um, really enamored with the whole courtroom standing up and speaking and telling the story and and all of it I just I just absolutely loved it and and you know did my whole I gotta I gotta track them down but I mean I wrote letters to Marsha Clark and how cool is this and I want to be just like you and super embarrassing things now that I'm you know 40 and looking back at at what I did in sixth grade, but that's really what pushed me, you know what sixth grader knows what they want to do and that's really what it was. I saw it and I said gosh that's ah that's what I want to do maybe not flub the whole case, but that's what I want to do. Uh, and so I picked in sixth grade, I decided that's what I'm doing. And that's what I, boy, that's what I did. So you just held to that track. You went to college, law school straight through. I did. I went to undergrad and majored in legal studies and went, finished that in three years and went straight to law school. And along the way was working at various law firms to figure out, you know, okay, what, what area of law do I really want to do? Because there's so many, there's so many considerations, obviously the OJ Simpson trial was, was criminal law and, and that's not something I practice, but you know, in sixth grade, you don't understand how do you actually get into that situation? Um, and once I got older and realized, you know, okay, I'm working in firms and, and as a state's attorney, you prosecute what your boss tells you to prosecute. And as a defense attorney, I, I sort of am, am more of the mind that I just, that's just not, that's not who I can be. There is a place for brilliant defense attorneys. That's just not my role. So, but it was working in construction law firms and, and family law firms. And it was working in all of these firms, doing all of these different areas, just sort of interning and paralegal work to figure out, no, I really want to be in a courtroom. I, I really want to litigate. And there are very limited numbers, uh, limited areas of law that you can practice and litigate. And, and this is sort of where I where I ended up really doing doing what what we focus our practice on is the 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 personal injury litigation. 
Tell me more about that, more about the fact that you chose that as your focus. Well, I, honestly, that has to do with the with Julie's former firm. So, you know, starting there and I actually started as an intern in law school and was was writing appellate briefs and just some of the the most, you know, cases can be heartbreaking and awesome at the same time. And that's maybe maybe that's a lawyer's perspective. And that's something that only a lawyer can really see, because if you're the person going through it, it's not so awesome. But just from a from a sheer um, technical, procedural, passionate standpoint, oh, my gosh, I was I was I was drafting documents and, and going to these these arguments on just huge, tragic cases that were so fascinating to me and just decided that, gosh, I just loved it. And that was that. Julie, how did you get into this area? Well, I. So during my years as an army lawyer, the stuff, the areas that I enjoyed were when I got to practice and help the individual soldiers and their family members, you know, you, you do try different things. So I was a prosecutor prosecuting soldiers who got in trouble. And then I got to flip and, and do the, the defense side of things. And, you know, criminal laws, very different. You, you, your victories are measured differently, but being able to help soldiers navigate, generally speaking, their way out of the military, unfortunately, but do, you know, with dignity and, and then that sort of thing and honoring who they were as a person, it, it was just something that I took to. And I also did a lot of civil legal work again, you know, soldiers who are uh, going through a divorce or um, have an issue with their landlord and just, just, you know, sort of being able to lighten their load. I, I just, I enjoyed that. I found that, you know, fulfilling. And so as I left the military, personal injury law sort of was a natural fit. And it was also an opportunity that presented itself. So, you know, between those two things, it was intentional, but I also fell into it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing you both say pretty much the same thing that you, you really liked the helping part of this helping people navigate the system, helping them in or out of a situation. I can see what that, how that would bring the two of you together. How do other lawyers see you? I mean, it's got to be a little unusual for two women to have a firm. And here you are doing something that really is, it can be very intense. It's people's feelings, people's lives. It is. How, it how is. Do, <sighs> What do you, what do you get from the community? What reactions? Gosh, <laughs> some stories on that. Yeah, from okay, from our we'll we'll start from our clients from and and our clients. The majority. It's not as though we don't advertise. Of course, we advertise, but the majority of our clients are really their personal referrals. So they're from former clients. They're from people that we've worked with who who trust us. You know whatever that, that situation is, but the majority of them are, are personal referrals. And from our clients, what we get is, wow, this is, this is so cool. I feel like I've got two, you know, female superheroes working on my, like, I, I, I just, I love the feeling and I love the, I love the power and the, and the, and the, the, the sensitivity behind it. And the, you know, all of the time we get, have you ever argued with a woman? I mean, who wants to argue with a woman? And, and so a lot of times we have people say, yeah, I knew I wanted a female attorney. And it's funny because neither Julie or I would, would really, really say about ourselves. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a super feminist. You know, I, that's not, 
that's not where we are. That's not our, our overall overarching feeling about any of it. It's just that, Hey, we are strong, capable mothers, businesswomen, you know, and we've got something to offer. So, and we work so incredibly well together. Why not offer it that way? Now, Julie, you want to talk about what the public thinks <laughs> or, or competitors? Well, I, yeah, <laughs> we get, yeah. So we, by and large, we get really positive, supportive, encouraging feedback. People think it's cool. People think it's unusual. And so they they like the notion. They like the idea. They like what we have to offer. They understand, you know, men and women do offer different sort of skill sets. Broadly speaking, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but there are some who are put off, I guess, by, by women in, in our position that they perceive, or I guess the power. And then then there's all sorts of like conclusions that get reached rather quickly and pretty incorrectly. I mean, you see two women together and as opposed to two men. And, and so some of the reactions are are just interesting. It's a sociological experiment. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure how pointed I should get here, but I mean, we, I had a call one time unsolicited from a gentleman who probably was in his sixties or seventies. And he basically told us that we were the laughing stock of the men's club at, you know, the local golf course. And they thought for sure we were lesbians and we were overly aggressive and very vindictive sounding and all these other sorts of things, which I mean, you know, that's, they're entitled to that opinion, I guess, but that, that that's actually not accurate. Um, you know, we're just strong women. And I guess some people find that's offensive, abhorrent. Yeah. I, and it's, it's probably <laughs> generational too. Right. I mean, yeah. it's, I, I think it's the, it's a matter of when you've got two female business owners, why, why do we have to, to focus on anything other than the, the professional aspect of our relationship? Um, as opposed to, you know, two male business owners, I, I don't think I have ever heard anybody say, oh, well, they must be life partners. They must be, but it's sort of the, the way that the brain. And I think generally generationally and, and the, like Julie said, sociologically, just the, it's such an odd field to be in. You know, we've got, we've got young clients and and young, you know, kind of members out in the community who are like, Oh, this is the coolest thing. I love it. I love seeing the strength and it's way to go. I, you know, it's, this is, this is shattering ceilings. Um, and then we've got the older generation who says, I'm never going to hire you anyway. You should be barefoot in the kitchen. And that's cool. I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion and we're not for everybody. We don't claim to be for everybody, but it's definitely, you know, people, people say all the time, well, it's the same, you know, men and women are treated the same and they're no, we're not, we're not. And it's okay, but we're not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell me about the people on your team. Um, talking about a generational difference. Is there a generational difference in thinking on your team or are they all we're here. We're here to support you. You know what? Our t- we have the coolest team. We really do. We really do. Yeah. We, and it's so funny because I was talking to our receptionist who is just, you know, she's the gatekeeper. She's the most important. She answers the phone and she greets our, our guests and our clients. And, um, but I was actually talking to her a couple of days ago and it came out of nowhere. She mentioned, you know, when I first came to work here, I thought, oh God, <laughs> two women and this, this personal injury field. That's just you know, I don't know if that's real law. That's sort of the public perception of it. And, and when I came to work here, I thought, oh gosh, I don't know how this is going to go. 
But she said that in an effort to then say, but this has just been the coolest experience because I, I, I get it now. I understand what really is happening. And I understand how different you two are from, you know, competitors and from, from we look, we march to our own drum and, and we do things in our own way. And I think our staff can appreciate it and they get on board with it, but we also listen to them. If they've got something to add, we want to know it. Mm-hmm. Julie, collaboration is, I think, probably a good way to, dis- to describe not only my relationship with Christy and, and hers with me, but with our team as well. I mean, everybody plays a really important role, whether it is the receptionist or, you know, all the way up to Christy and me. But so their insights are respected, sought after, and valued, and their contributions likewise. So, you know, together we're better. I, I, I happen to have a law degree. Christy happens to have a law degree, but everybody on our team is very smart, very capable, um, very invested. And so while they may not have a law degree, I mean, the fact that they don't have a degree is, is almost immaterial in, in the grand scheme of things. Because oh, it really is. They're, they're you they know, they skills. share the same values that we do and they bring the same enthusiasm and commitment to the work we do. And mm-hmm. so their contributions, you know, mm-hmm. in fact, we have difference. our little secret wall between our offices are kind of, kind of behind a door down a hallway. Julie and I have our little wall of accomplishments and the only people who ever see that wall of accomplishments, and it is full, it is full of framed diplomas and documents and awards and all of that. But the only yep. people who ever Florida see ceiling. it are Julie and Christy. And because that's how much it, that's how much it doesn't matter. And that's how much we don't separate ourselves from, from the people that we work with and around. It does not, if you want proof, I can show you proof. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how much it doesn't matter to us to, to say, here we are. I'm so great. Cause I'm a lawyer and you're so great. Cause you're a lawyer and everybody else is a peasant. It just doesn't work that way here. That's great. I, I remember, I guess, to that point, when I was working as a paralegal, I was working in a big defense, sort of traditional silk stocking downtown law firm. And, you know, I was 22. And some of these lawyers were, you know, in their late 20s. And they walked around, honestly, very smugly and treated you sort of, I don't know, I mean, maybe second class citizens yeah. is a little too strong. But I came away thinking I like the work, but I feel like the only thing that really separates me from them is they went to school for three years more than I did because I'm is every, every bit is, you know, otherwise qualified. And so, you know, that left me an impression uh, or left a real impression on me. Um, of course, then I went into the army where hierarchies, <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a lot to be said for hierarchy and respecting those boundaries. So I don't know how you put, put all that together, but anyway, somehow I came out of it at the end thinking, you know what? I put my pants on the same way as everybody else. And I'm, and so, you know, I want to treat people that way as well. The golden rule, whatever. All right. Let's take a step away from work uh, for a moment. Let's, let's look at downtime. Do you have downtime? What do you do for fun when you're not working? We do have downtime. Um, I, I think by by design, right? So we've we've created a situation for ourselves and for our families that that we when we're at work we work and when necessary to to work outside of the office we will. But there is a definite balance. You know the the problem with attorneys 
Um, burning out is huge. There are articles all of the time, you know, alcoholism and attorneys burning out and it, oh gosh, it's, it's terrible. So we've really been very careful, not only for ourselves, but for our staff to create a great work-life balance. Anyway, I digress. So for me, gosh, you know, uh, I hang out with my kiddo, my, my, my teenager, as much as he lets me hang out with him at this point, we're getting to that stage, mom back off. Otherwise anything in or on the water. I mean, we live in beautiful Florida, Sarasota, Florida, and it's just magnificent. And now is the time love to read, which surprises some people just because that's what, you know, reading and writing is kind of what we do in the office. Um, live music. There's so much to be found around here. I think it has a lot to do with where we live and all year round, we can be outside. We don't have to worry about the snow. So I try to have a pretty robust life outside of work, work hard play. And I, you know, I try to live by that. Julie. I've got two kiddos as well. They're 20 somethings. I do not have any teenagers in my house anymore. So when they're around, I just like to be in, you know, in their orbit a little bit, you know, it's a fun time, I guess. I don't have to deal with the teenage stuff anymore. So it's fun to be with my kids. Yes, you do. You deal with mine. <laughs> oh, well, I, directly. I don't go home to it. I, I do listen every morning, needed. every morning, Julie, <laughs> I'm going to kill him. And having walked the walk, I, mm-hmm. I understand that. Anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> too, but my kids aren't, aren't around much of the time anymore, which is bittersweet. But, uh, so, you know, it's having spent so many years being, you know, really engaged in their lives and, you know, driving carpool or whatever. Um, it, it has pushed me into really developing my hobbies again. Um, I love to work out. I've always been good about that. I've been, I'm a lifelong runner. Unfortunately, my body tells me that's not the best thing to do anymore. (laughs) So, you know, I like to walk and listen to podcasts. I love the water, enjoy time out on the boat, reading, love to garden, love to cook, um, especially if I have an audience, if I have to cook for myself, forget it. So a little of this, I mean, you know, with the pandemic, I've, I've, you know, fully embraced Netflix series and things like that. (laughs) Currently with that uh, confession. (laughs) <laughs> one thing that many people or most people don't know about you. Well, I think what surprises people, although I don't know whether, I mean, I, I, I mentioned it is I did regularly jump out of a perfectly good airplane. Um, and I made an extra $110 a month tax free to jump out of an airplane, but throwing my life out of an airplane regularly. It was, you know, we made a, a reference to Jag earlier, the TV show that Christy doesn't remember. Um, it was set in the Navy. And I think the guy, you know, when he wasn't trying cases, he was flying like fighter jets. And that's why I say it's so unrealistic, but <laughs> it's true. I did actually, as part of my tenure as an army lawyer for five years, jump out of airplanes with a parachute on my back. I sincerely hope so. And it was scary every single time. You never stopped. You never balked though, right? You just got no, no, that'll get you kicked out of the army. If you refuse at the door, you never what, Julie? Balked at the door. Balked. Like they call them jump refusals. It's actually, it's a serious thing because it's, it's a safety problem. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I never did that. And I, thankfully I landed and never. What was the first time like? Um, scary. 
Scary. <laughs> yeah. So I, so when you go to, to jump school, it's a three week school. The third week culminates in doing five jumps. Anyway, I was there, I was in my late twenties and I was basically surrounded by a whole bunch of 18 year old young men, no fears at all. Meanwhile, I'm like literally calling everybody I know the weekend before we're having these jumps, just checking in, you know, just in case. <laughs> If You've I, got the men with the undeveloped brains who don't have a concept of yes, danger at all. Yes. Yeah. And at the end, and like, I remember one, one person ended up landing on top of a, a car that was parked in the middle of where we were going to land. Anyway, at the end, they couldn't wait to do it again. And I was like, you all are crazy. Anyway, I, I did do it again. So yeah. I guess they got the last laugh. And look again, at what we've learned and about again. these brains of men though, right? With even with the cases that we've handled now, it all makes sense because we've done the research. Like, no, you really were stupid enough to do this thing and not understand the consequences of it. Well, it was yeah. fun in the short term. Yeah. And then it was over. Oh my gosh. You don't have to do it again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've never done that. I'm waiting until Matthew is a fully fledged adult. And then maybe I'll fling myself out of an airplane as well. I didn't have kids. Let's go together. Time. Yeah, let's do Oh, you're the old pro. You can is just there. You go. <laughs> we can do a tandem jump, Christy. <laughs> okay, that's double the weight that's falling through the air. See, I know. A bigger I don't think they, at the bottom. Maybe they let you jump. Did they? Did you jump alone, Julie, the first time? Oh yeah, yeah. So in, in the military, you're actually jumping, generally speaking, at about 800 feet. So it's called a static line jump. You you hook your parachute to a a big wire, big thick wire inside the plane. And as you go out the door within four seconds, you should feel that opening shock. Otherwise you need to pay attention to that thing on your tummy, your reserve. Cause as they say, you have the rest of your airborne life to get that thing open. You're, oh God. <laughs> but you're saying you should pay attention wow. to the nausea that's coming up. You're just gonna... <laughs> really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. The adrenaline. That's true. Up. Wow. All right. 800 Chris, feet what? happens fast. Sorry. Yes. No, right. Okay. Well, me. Oh gosh. You know, I have a really good one and I don't know if I, I don't, oh, I don't know. Okay. Come on. So I know it's bad. Well, it's good. It's awesome. So I was a rink rat growing up. So in the eighties, that's what you did. Right. So when I'm, I was 14, my first job was a skate guard. I mean, I got to hand out the skates to the cute boys and I got to go and skate around in circles in the, in the rink and, and help them if they fell or, or whatever, make out with them. It didn't matter. Um, so that was my first job. Anyway, I grew up in the skating rink. I mean, I was there all the time, you know, weekend skates, overnight skates. So fast forward, I don't know. Was this years. stardust? Yes. Which by the way, they're putting an ice rink into stardust. I'm sorry. Anyway. So fast forward 20 years and I have a, a girlfriend, I'm like 30 to maybe yeah, 29, 30. And I have a girlfriend who says to me, Hey, I have about this weekend, come over to the rink and come watch. I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, you know, that thing that they call roller derby, <gasps> yes. they, made, they made a movie about it. Well, I did. I, I participated in the, I participated in a roller derby league for about five years. What was your name? What was your name? Come on. What, what was I was, name? I was motion to strike her, you know, in keeping with the lawyer theme. Yeah. And so they had sort of like a Obviously this wasn't associated with school, but they had like a, like a junior varsity and a varsity team. And I made my way up to the varsity team. Yes, there are photos. No, I will not show you. Um, Wait a minute. I'm going to interrupt to say that this was at a point in our lives when we were not um, working together. And I can true. remember, 
you know, on Facebook, she would post pictures of her pictures of her injuries, a bruise here, a mangled finger. I was like, Oh my God, I, I know her. Yeah. Do I know her anyway? What, what yeah. was, what was the team you were on? Yeah. What's your team well, name? It was, it was, I don't know if they exist anymore. I think they do. It was the the Braden Tucky bombers. <laughs> and I was on the bomb squad. That's right. Oh. So the nearby, um, the adjoining yeah. town is called Bradenton to Sarasota and Sarasota Bradenton is sort of like the bastard stepchild to Sarasota. Sarasota is sophisticated. Yeah. Bradenton is much more like I'm a fifth roller generation. Derby. And roller so, derby. right. Yeah. Bradenton's well, more and, roller derby and a little more country. So Braden is a nice little, yeah. nice little a, twist, a reference to Kentucky country. Yeah. And by the way, there really is a purpose to like, it is an actual sport. It, it really is. These are, these are serious athletes. In fact, some of the, some of the athletes that I, that I played with, I was on teams with went on to compete in the Olympics and speed skating or whatever. I don't actually, I don't think that derby is currently an Olympic sport, but there's a, no, it, it will be. It will be. I, I listen. I grew up watching in black and white on a black and white TV. Okay, I'll put it right out there now. <laughs> Derby, Bay Area Bombers. They were my faves. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's really. a great time. These are incredible athletes, phenomenal women, all professionals, moms. I mean, we had our toddlers. We had our kids running around the rink. I mean, the kids loved it. Everybody traveled together to the bouts. You know, the husbands were totally on board. You know, you we had. Did you just whip people around the, the track? Yeah, yes. that's a thing. Yeah, You got to get your jammer through that pack. That's right. Yeah. Excuse, me. Excuse us, Julius. It's just, yeah. <laughs> we're bonding. Patrice and I are bonding right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're running out of time here, but this yes. is great. One other, one other question for each of you, and then we're going to wrap it up. What's your proudest achievement? Us. All right. Is that cliche? That's, That's so cliche. We have, like, we are so good. We are so good together and we still have so, so much to learn, but what we have created here is just the, it's the coolest thing. I mean, yeah, we both made lives and had babies and did all of it, but this is for us, for us as people, as professionals, as women. I mean, this is just the coolest thing that we've created here. I'm so proud of it. I can't really top that. I mean, I have two kids that are awesome and I'm incredibly proud of them, but yeah. Well, this is just one of these things that I, you know, when we first reunited, it was not on the horizon. It wasn't in our thought. And, Mm -mm. but, but, you know, we did, we birthed it. We've, you know, are watching it grow up and we are the proud parents of Low Powered by Women. Mm-hmm. How can listeners reach you, proud mamas? <laughs> Lawpoweredbywomen.com is is the easiest way to find us. Yeah. Our office is in Lakewood Ranch, Florida, which is a little town just kind of east and combining Bradenton, Sarasota, growing area. Well, something like the number one growing area in the United States or something, master plan community. Um, Southwest Florida, beautiful beaches. Yeah. People are moving here in droves. Yes. All right. Well, we will be learning a lot more about that when we speak with you on a number of upcoming podcasts. I'm absolutely sure. Christy, Julie, thank you so much for your time. I'm looking forward to more and more of these discussions. And listeners, follow the podcast. Make sure you know when a new episode is ready for you. And please share with others. I think they'll appreciate it. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. 
Thank you for listening to That's What She Pled podcast. Don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lurson Goldberg lawyers. The content has been made available for general informational and educational purposes only and may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. The content is not intended to be a substitute for legal advice from your individual attorney and the information provided does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice.